Hey everyone, welcome to another great episode of The Rodcast. I'm Monty and I'm here today with some of our amazing team, uh, Pastor Richard and Pastor Adrian. And we're going to talk about a talk that I had with Pastor Rod recently on Teach and Pray. Yes. So, awesome. how's it going guys? How are you doing? Doing good. good. Doing good. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Come yeah, on. It was a good, good episode. Uh, best part is you talking about how you need to uh be more loving and less truth <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yeah i've been wanting to tell him for a while but just didn't have the courage <laughs> yes we all have our strengths and weaknesses but yeah today i'd love to open up that conversation a bit more with you guys and hear more of like i guess our collective stories our journeys uh, processing through what it's like to be a better teacher, uh, a better shepherd, I guess, overall. And how has this teach and pray culture maybe helped shape us and form us to become better teachers and better shepherds? So I guess, mm. what has your guys' story been in this culture of teach and pray? Like, has it been easy for you guys to grab onto this? Has it been trickier? uh yeah any thoughts mm. well maybe maybe richard uh can start because apparently he was your first connect group leader from that's, that's what right. I from the connect from the uh rodcast uh, episode so <laughs> how was it richard how was it I having one my... as your in your connect group i'm just thinking if it was my first connect group that i'd led i might have been leading another one at the time but it was yeah anyway what <laughs> wasn't great sorry monty <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much you can remember of that, but uh, anyway, I'll tell you what I enjoyed I remember. it. I, I remember you teaching me how to journal and really? you were the one that said, why don't you start with John? And I was like, okay, I'll start with John. And to this day, I feel like John might still be my favorite gospel to journal from. Oh, oh. cool. <laughs> so you did good. You did okay. good, bro. All, good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Not too um, bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that this, uh, this culture of teach and pray is, is a huge thing for me. And I honestly don't know. I don't know if I would last in ministry if I had been taught anything else, to be honest. Mm. Uh, because I think, and we'll probably get into this as you know, we go further through the conversation, but I think that what it does is yes, it, it shows you what to focus on, obviously teaching and praying, but I think it also is also what not to do. And mm -hmm. I think some of those things that we don't do uh, actually would have led to burnout for me. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, I've been going now, well, I've been here for 12 years. I'm in Hong Kong. If, if people don't know uh, where I'm based and, Adrian and uh, Monty are both currently in Tokyo and uh, I've been here for 12 years, but I was also uh, leading in, in Tokyo before that. And so it's been, it's been a long time now um, in this kind of pastoral role. And I would not have lasted if I was going beyond, I think those key principles in our, in the context of our meetings and the way that we mm. disciple and shepherd people. Uh, so it's, it's been a big, a big thing for me because, and w I don't know whether we want to go down this path now of the, the, 
the, the whole role of a counselor and where that fits or does not fit into our discipleship process. But I think that type of thing I'm not built for. That is just not my, my, my personality um, and my gift mix. And I think if, uh, the, that, if that's a large part of the pastoral role for us, I probably wouldn't have wanted to have been a pastor. Um, mm. And that's yeah, just for me personally. That. That, that's not like I'm, I'm not, we need counselors in the world. They're, in, in fact, you know, those roles are super valuable to me because I am not built that way. Um, but I just know that I wouldn't have lasted if that was what discipleship looked like in the small group context, which is such a big part of what we do, our role as pastors and as connect group leaders. Um, so the teach and pray thing just, ma- just makes it simple is I give you scripture and then let's pray together. And, mm. y- you know, it's just so clear and it's, it's really up to you. It's up to the disciple. It's up to the person in front of you, in, in, in front of me as a leader to make a decision on what they want to do. I mean, they could ignore that um, and that's up to them. That's fine. Or they could follow it through and, you know, hopefully see a breakthrough. Uh, mm. that, that I really like that because I can't carry everyone's problems. I can't take mm. their problems home with me. Um, I'm, I'm not built for that personally as a, as a, as a pastor. And I think it's a big reason why I grew up saying, I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> I grew up loving church in, in, in places where we love Jesus and I love Jesus, but I saw pastors burning out. And I saw a model that was very different and I was very unattracted to it. In fact, yeah, it took a long time for God to work on me to actually be able to say the words, I want to be a pastor. And it was because I saw something different modeled and it had had such an impact on my life in terms of my growth. So I had grown through that. And then also I saw that, oh, you don't have to do that as a pastor. Like you can focus on that side of leading, leading. That's awesome. Uh, that that sounds really exciting. So, sorry, I'm all over the place here, but I I, I really think it's that big where I don't think I would have lasted if I was mm. modeled to something else. And I was certainly wouldn't have been attracted to even wanting to be a pastor. So, mm. yeah, I think for me, um, like I I've I've been part of Lifehouse now seven years. Uh, my wife and I were. We were pastoring in South Africa before that and in, a, in an amazing church. And um, But I think just a little bit of a different culture. And I did feel like the pressure to be able to have answers for people. Like people would come and be like, hey, man, what do you think about this? What should I do in this situation? And I was like a young dude. I was like in my late 20s. I'm still trying to figure out life. <laughs> I'm like... I'm trying to figure out how to do this thing called life and how to adult and, and how to do this. And now there's people like, Hey, what do you think how about this? Adult. What should I do in this situation? I'm like, and I felt like I had to come up with answers. Um, but just being in this culture of understanding like, yes, if someone comes and gives, asks you a question, you can, you can teach them biblical truth. Like, Hey, this is what the Bible says. And I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to teach you, but you like, I really want to help you to, God wants to speak to you. Like you don't have to come through me. You can go straight to Jesus and he's, he, he, he's got the wisdom and he can teach you. So I think it really, 
just I think took that weight off like obviously we still carry the weight of people in our lives like the Bible encourages us carry each other's burdens but that burden is I'm going to carry it in prayer I'm going to pray for you I'm not going to carry the burden of oh I need an answer for this person I need to give them wisdom I need a I need to help them make life decisions like no I don't I'm, I'm going to teach you how to pray I'm going to teach you how to read the Bible then Jesus who's your good shepherd, he's the one who's going to help you. So, yeah, I think that really helped me. And, um, yeah, I, I was telling Monty before, like when I first came to Lifehouse, I did think uh, connect groups were a little bit simple. Like, man, this is just this is too simple. Like, I need deeper stuff. Um, because um, before <laughs> the, 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 the deeper teaching. Um, yes. uh, because before that, um, I think when I led a like a, a connect group or a life group, um, I used to like it was a lot of stuff. You like got this whole prep of like I'm going to teach this, I'm going to teach that, and it's just a lot of information. And and then um, you just talk about information, but there's no real like drive to transformation. Mm. Um, so yeah, but over time, Davo, Davo was my first connect group leader. Leader, oh so. Dave. Good old Davo. Um, but yeah, just after a while, I, I realized the power of this um, this model of just simple, keep it simple, teach something, ask great questions, get people to think about this truth and how they can apply it to their life, um, which was great. Yeah. So that's been a bit well, of my journey. Yeah, Adrian, when I came to, to Lifehouse, so I've been a Christian, I've been, I was raised in a Christian family. I've been in church my whole life and received Jesus as a teenager and um, I've been in a lot of small groups and I came to Lifehouse at the age of 22 and I was pretty jaded on small groups in general and I'll be honest the only reason I went to a connect group was because I wanted to make friends and they had Java chip frappuccinos at Starbucks and that was like a highlight of the week so <laughs> Those were the real reasons I was at Connect Group. And cool, yeah, learn something from the Bible or whatever. Yeah, great. You know, I'm not against that. Like, that was cool. But, and my Connect Group leader was an Australian who was moving back to Australia. And he asked me, um, un, un, unwisely, he asked me in front of the group, maybe you can be the next leader, Richard. And I was like, I don't want to be the next leader because <laughs> I, I didn't believe that I didn't believe that connect groups did anything I was not a believer in that a group could be fruitful because I'd I'd been in groups and I'd led groups before uh, where there was a, a lot of information and I'd I'd taught information I'd received information but there was no transformation there was no emphasis on being actually teachable it was just come and let's share some information and uh, yeah, like pray over things, but no application of it. And mm -hmm. so I, I was just, just discouraged on the whole discipleship model of small groups. Um, I didn't think they could be fruitful. So, um, and so, yeah. But what do you think is the difference then? Um, like what what changed in terms of this whole thing about I'm giving people information versus aiming for transformation? What? How have you learned to, well, to help think, people get transformed now? Maybe maybe I'm just a 
more simple than the average person, but I don't think people can really absorb that much genuinely mm. and apply it, you know, in one weekly meeting. I mean, they're not probably going to take away 10 things and apply. Mm. I mean, I don't think I've, I don't think I've done that off, off any meeting conference preach or mm. anything where I've come away with 10 things. I'm literally applying I might write down 10 things. I might write down 20 things that are all great. But in terms of actually able to change my life and apply this new habit or approach to something, it's usually one or two. And uh, I think we've embraced that by being simple. It's like probably there's one thing that we're aiming to Mm. achieve in a connect group. I don't know. We've never really Mm. said that. But, you know, we go through a few Bible verses that are all pointing towards one thing. And mm-hmm. maybe it's to help people start tithing or to help people forgive yeah. someone. Mm. Uh, it's it's focus. And mm. I believe in focus. Uh, may, maybe I'm an easily distracted person, um, but I like the focus of coming in mm. and we're going to teach this simple thing. Then we're going to pray over that thing. And then it's your job to apply it. And if we're not going to apply it, our leaders are not going to come and, you know, hold our hands through it and, or, or challenge us on it heavily or whatever. It's like up to you. It's like, do you want this? Mm. I, I like, I, I feel released as a leader to be able to give people truth lovingly, gently, but to give them real truth with grace and then leave it with them. Mm. And now we can keep people accountable if they want that. I don't mean chasing people when they don't, they, they clearly don't want to apply something like when when I realize that leadership is not about you know trying to push people into doing something that they don't want to do or whatever like it was actually very releasing it's like okay who's hungry great let's get together for connect group once a week and let's look at God's word and apply this and mm. You know, you can you could take it or leave it. And it's really yeah. the freedom that we all have. I can't force mm. another adult to follow this through. But if they're wise, they're going to want to do that. And for me too, I've certainly been yeah. in many meetings over my life where I have probably gone away and haven't applied something. And well, it, it only hurts me, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, it's- so what do you guys think makes the difference between a fruitful group or a fruitful leader and an unfruitful leader or unfruitful group talking about focus, having one or two things to share, making it palatable, I guess. But is there any other things that you guys think is key to ensuring success? Because some people might be thinking, yeah, well, I'm following some steps. I'm trying to keep it simple. My group is not growing. So Mm. are there other elements, other factors, that play into creating something that is fruitful that maybe people are not aware of. And if they grabbed onto these things, it could help them. Do you mean the group is not growing numerically in number of people, or do you mean the individuals guess, are not? I guess the number does reflect the people's growth. I think there is a correlation between those things. I think mm-hmm. a, a really thriving, healthy group should probably see you know a person here or there it doesn't have to be like every week yeah i think a person here or there joining is a great sign that there is life that is pouring forth 
yeah. from the group. So, I, yeah, you could take that in two directions. Sure, I completely agree. But I also think some leaders are, struggle with recruiting, but they're great mm. with people when you get them in front of them. Right. Uh, so, what so should those people do? Get it. Yeah, get someone who's a bringer. Find what a we would recruiter. Find <laughs> yeah. a recruiter. Because if you, if you recruiter. put someone who's more yeah. pastoral and caring with a bringer, we've always said that's a winning combo in a small group. Mm. And so I, I do think there are some leaders who are actually really good disciples once they've got people in their group, but they, they struggle to grow a group. And if we look at church life, church naturally is in a state of decline because people move and mm. God, you know, they move city, they make, yeah. God might move someone on. So mm. the church is naturally going to regress if there isn't leadership that's reaching out. And if those people, mm. even if they're really good at discipling people, if they're not recruiting people as well, mm. or they have a good bringer in the group, then they, gonna, their group is yeah. going to struggle struggle in number as well. Mm. So, I think in terms of the um, the actual growth of people, I think mm. one thing that I've learned over the years is just because um, I think you did speak in with Pastor Rod about this, that teaching is a is a skill that you develop. It's not like a mm. gift that you just wake up with, like, oh, I'm a great teacher. Yeah. Like, I think it's a skill that you develop. And and I think people need to continuously uh, be committed to that. So if someone's not fruitful, I think it's maybe going and asking someone who is fruitful, be like, hey, like, give me some tips. Like, yeah. how can I how can I teach better? And um, one thing that I've learned is I think the the power of asking questions, mm -hmm. um, asking good questions because and and I think because most of my time prepping prepping yeah, in the past was really about like, okay, what information I want to share with people. But now it's like a combination of like, okay, what information do I want to share and what and then really kind of thinking through the questions. Okay, what questions based on this information, which is Bible verses on these Bible verses, um, what are some great questions that are going to really draw out, first of all, people's uh, understanding of these scriptures and then also personal application. So it's not just like, what did Jesus say here? But it's more like going deeper into that, like really like, and one thing I've loved is actually drawing from people's past experience saying, hey, like based on this concept, like, what what have you how have you seen jesus or this truth applied in your life in the past and sometimes people bring those stories up and then you can say okay what area of your life do you feel like you can bring this truth into and so it's i think asking great questions is a is a good skill to grow in um and it does take time and chat gpt helps with that sometimes. oh chat gpt <laughs> is awesome <laughs> it really oh, is <laughs> Uh, I think some of the problems all group secrets. Yeah. Seriously, I think some of the problems that we've had in the past, Adrian, like the next generation are going to skip them because <laughs> there is technological help. Yeah. And I think that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. good cuz you're talking about like good questions and I think, you know, Pastor Rod does talk about there's two types of questions, which is like open and closed questions. Mm. So closed questions are more like the yes no answers 
Did you like it? Yes. <laughs> In Richard's case, did you like it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess those open questions is, like you mentioned, one of them uh, drawing on your experience or your past or what God has done in your life. What do you think mm. about this? Would there be any other, I guess, maybe like broad stroke open questions that you guys could think of that could help equip leaders or people in general? Like it could be at a workplace, could be in sales, could be in something that helps people dig out better and, you know, more rich conversations. Mm. I think I think it's it's really um, and this t- I guess once you get to know the guys or like for me I'm leading guys like the guys in your group uh, you can start um, thinking about their specific life and then asking questions based on that so I'm not a father I don't have kids but most of the guys in my connect group are dads and so maybe I'll be talking like we recently did a study on oh, just kind of the the Holy Spirit is our teacher, understanding the Holy Spirit is our teacher and the one who gives us wisdom. And so I was like, one of the guys, I was like, hey man, like you've got a teenage son and you've recently been talking about how you, you lacking connection with him. How do you think the Holy Spirit can help you in that? Um, mm-hmm. And then he started sharing some examples. So I think yeah. it's, uh, and then another guy, he's got a daughter who's like three and she's like, he's struggling with like discipline and there's lots of things. So I was like, how do you think, do you think the Holy Spirit can help you as a dad in that situation and how? And so like I may, and and then that's also where like we talk about this whole counseling thing. I can't counsel dads. I'm not a dad, so I can't counsel anyone. I can give maybe, I have 15 years experience in marriage. Maybe I can share a little bit more experience in marriage, but I don't have experience as a dad but I'm leading dads. All of the guys in my connect group are dads. So I can actually say to them, like, um, this is a truth, but how do you think that truth can help you in this situation? So I think um, bringing these truths to, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm someone uh, in my workplace, because guys are sharing like, man, I'm, I'm uh, there's my, my workplace, I'm currently got this team that's tough. So you can, you can really, I think if you think about these people's lives and now you're trying to really apply these and connect these truths to those parts of their lives, I think it really helps um, with the kind of questions you can ask. Um, yeah, and it makes it more real for them. That's great. I think that's super encouraging, especially for people that are in different life stages than, say, the leader. Because there's been many times in the past when I was still single but I had to, you know, speak into lives of guys that were married or mm. that maybe yeah. are about to have a kid or just simply are a few years older than me. Like being in like mm. early, mid-20s, the whole age thing uh, was something that would play on my mind. Like mm. how, how am I supposed to speak into this person's life when they have so much more experience in X, Y, and Z? And so mm. I think those questions that you were mentioning, Adrian, are super encouraging that no matter what stage of life we are as leaders or just Christians in general, uh, the Holy Spirit can help us speak mm. into people's lives. I think that's awesome. Any yeah. any thoughts from you, Richard, some of those more open questions that you found uh, helpful? Yeah. Well, I, I found even recently, I'm like, I'm not asking the best questions in my connect group. I, 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 felt, okay. I felt that especially when you lead groups on zoom, the dynamic is mm. different because everyone's muted 
and then they unmute to speak. I, I find that in person, there's a lot more room noise and people kind of agreeing or whatever, but whereas Zoom, it's like mute, unmute, it's either silence or one person speaking and then, you know, silence from everyone else. I think that does affect the dynamic. And sometimes if you ask a question that's not great, uh, and if, especially if it's open to the group and you don't like say, hey, Monty, like, what do you think about this? Mm. But you just ask it to the group, you'll just get silence. Um, and so there's, I had a few times like that and I'm like, I've got to work on my question game again. And so mm. I, uh, I guess to Adrian's point in my prep, I, I focused almost completely on the question. Uh, I found that the, in, I, I've been around church life. I found that the information side of things was, uh, I've got a good base and that may not be everyone that's listening to this podcast. If you're new to church then yeah, you're probably going to have to look into that side of things as well. For me, uh, it was just a, a moment where I felt like God was saying, work on your questions. Uh, and recently I have used ChatGPT, not all the time, but I, I, if you ask it to ask, like, like here's the scriptures, bang, what? give me some open questions. I mean, it's got some really good ones, some some yeah. rubbish, but <laughs> it also helps. I think it helps spot. It helps me think of things. Questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm like, oh, that's great. Maybe I should try it like this. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great uh, inspirational tool. It gives, yeah, mm. maybe gives you some inspiration that you might not have thought of, or some ideas that. You, mm. So, uh, mm. yeah, I think the question is is absolutely huge, and to get the guys talking, I also find that maybe this is getting off topic, but sometimes with men you'll ask a question like how do you feel when this happens like an open question like that when you're getting someone to talk about their feelings um they may not even know yet like they haven't really thought about it and so you ask how you feel and then you get a bit of silence back and i i tell i i do tell our newer leaders like especially on zoom be comfortable with a little bit of silence as people process, like sometimes I want to fill the silence every time as a talk, mm -hmm. as a naturally a talker, I might ask the question and then, then I can see them thinking. And then I kind of want to give a bit more context or give a bit of my experience or whatever. But I've found that you do sometimes need to, I don't know about the girls, but I don't leave girls groups, but with the guys, sometimes some of that stuff they they need to think about it and uh let, let them give give them a bit of space not too much but give them a bit of space to answer and really th think about how they do feel about this and you, like for example adrian's question like how could the holy spirit you know help you with that if it's something that they're struggling with they may not actually have a direct answer immediately it's like yeah mm -hmm. hmm, how could he ah oh, yeah. maybe he could you know like there's a bit of a process there. So I think being comfortable mm. with a leader, like as a leader that you don't have to drive things forward. Um, mm. Yeah. Don't know if that answered the question kind of rambled a bit, but that's good. No. Yeah. You don't, you don't come, good. you don't come across as a talker to me, Richard. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Get this man in an onset. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good. No, but that's so. definitely great. I think that's an interesting point because my group is also uh, online. 
and our agents group is in person. And so, yeah, there's definitely, at least in the online context, pauses. So I think for me too, I try to just like find, you know, old faithful, old mate in the group that's that's going to say <laughs> something, right? So I'll usually try to like pick that guy uh, to kind of break the ice because other guys might not want to be the first to share. Right. Just because they're the first to share doesn't mean they have nothing to share. Mm. But does he keep the breaking the ice? Does he just keep going? Every time. Right? <laughs> yeah, so that's Every what time. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you have to... Those people are a blessing. They really are. You, but you've got yeah. to... I guess a good tip that we got early on from Bastard Rod is that you've got to get those people and say, hey, you're awesome. Mm. Like, you really help the whole atmosphere of the group. Just just understand, though, that, you know, we need to get other people talking as well. And um, yeah. so there might be times where I'm going to deflect to someone else. But mm. yeah, please help me break the ice. Mm. I think another fun thing I've tried recently, some of the guys are like quite, uh, I guess, mature in their faith. So if someone answers a question or they ask a question, I'll get someone else to answer uh, for that. And I feel like that does help create more of a conversation rather mm. than just the one dude that's like leading the group. Uh I feel like, yeah, that's always fun is to get other people to answer. And mm. it's going to be someone that you know is going to answer well, right? It can't be like the new guy. <laughs> Why don't you answer this theology question by my bro over here? It's going to be good. But I feel like that also definitely creates uh, a bonding as well amongst the guys in the groups. Mm. So I guess that's part of us learning how to like teach, I guess, and yeah. pray uh, well. Is there anything else that you guys have found that has helped you develop your teaching gift? Like we talked well, about this with Pastor Rod, that this is a okay. gift. It is to be developed. Mont, can I just say, can, before we get into that, can I just say that what, yeah. you're, what you've just referred to is facilitating. Like a, light, mm -hmm. a connect group leader is, is not just, you know, leading top down. They, they facilitate discussion. And I think that's a huge part of mm -hmm. teaching, mm -hmm. the teaching uh, skill set right. in in a small group is that yeah. I mean different to say for example on Sunday when we're you know preaching and teaching if you're a mm. teacher from the pulpit you don't facilitate I mean you you you, you understand people's responses but like you, yeah. you but it's not facil facilitating whereas in the small mm. group context that is part of the skill set of teaching that mm. you need to develop. And that's probably not something that everyone thinks. I think new leaders lean towards thinking, I need to know the information and I need to be able to give mm. people the answer to all their questions. Right. And what you're saying is, no, actually you can facilitate others in the group to mm. even answer those questions. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think, think that's what great leaders do. They facilitate really well. Yeah, and I think that also leads into uh, the next thought. Like I think, Monty, you're asking what else can we grow in in this area? And I think for me, um, one shift that really helped me was I'm, my focus is not, I don't have a curriculum that I need to teach. So right. The idea of a teacher is not, I need to get through this curriculum. The thing is, I want to teach, I'm helping teach someone to follow Jesus. Yeah. That's the focus. So it's not right. like, so I'm not just saying, okay, I need to get through this curriculum and I need to make sure I've taught you this. But actually, I'm teaching as I'm following Jesus, I'm going to teach you how to follow Jesus. So that's why I'm, I'm actually teaching you 
how to pray, I'm teaching you how to journal, teaching you because that's the whole thing you I think you spoke about with Pastor Rod as well is that uh, we're only like the little shepherds, man. That we got Jesus, the big shepherd. Psalm twenty three: The Lord is my mm. shepherd; I lack no good thing. Mm. Like Jesus is the shepherd of our souls; He's the one, and and I think that's the amazing thing is that um, we just signpost. We're like, hey. Like I'm gonna help you to follow Jesus because he's the one who's he's he's the one who's full of life and truth and he's the one who's gonna sustain you. I may I may be in your life for a season, but Jesus will be with you for eternity, <laughs> kind of thing. It's like, and I really want to help you to to pray. I want to help you to forgive. I want to help you to to read your Bible and grow yourself. So, yeah, I think it's more. I think the word equipping is also a good thought like um we yeah. uh, part of our role as a teacher is to equip people to follow jesus equip them how to fight i heard a, a great um exo- um saying like the word in the bible equip uh is used in um like a whole bunch of different ways it's 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 um giving like loading a ship up uh for a journey you're equipping that ship for its journey so what 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 do these people need for their journey it's teaching a soldier how to fight it's like um so we we're not just talking about um spiritual warfare we're actually like okay how do you fight so when you so i'm gonna my focus is not just teaching okay jesus has power over the devil it's more like okay next time you are in your bedroom at night and you've got all these crazy thoughts coming in your head. What are you going to do? Like, how do you fight in that situation? So then my focus is to, how am I going to teach this dude to fight? How am I going to teach him to stand strong in that situation? Um, so I think it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like, I want to teach my role as a teacher is to really help someone follow Jesus, not just to teach them information. And I yeah. think that really is is a great way of thinking it and really helped me and i think that comes it's it comes back to the yeah you're speaking about the heart of it really and Mm. for me the whole thing of not being someone's counselor although Mm. like i said disclaimer there are certain people that need to go to counseling and we would recommend it Um, but we're talking about generally speaking in our context volunteers in the church who have no counseling training they're not professionals and we can't we can't build disciples that are dependent on us mm-hmm. and one thing that i really loved about uh really getting discipled here at lifehouse is that when i moved countries from japan to hong kong my relationship with god didn't crumble because i wasn't mm-hmm around my leaders all the time my relationship with god was built off my journaling my prayer life Mm. um, my own sense of calling because i was not while i was certainly following my leaders i was following their example i was not dependent on them Mm. and i i i did well I didn't struggle. We see it, you know, it's always sad when you see someone maybe do well in your church or whatever, and then they leave countries or whatever, and you just see them not doing well. And you realize mm. they didn't really get it. It what it was, they were in a healthy environment, but they weren't, they weren't getting it for themselves. And that is up mm-hmm. to the individual. 
you yeah. can't force someone like the whole lead you can lead a horse to water thing but you can't make him drink we can have the healthiest church ever and we still have people people are still free to do whatever they like they're, they're free to be as teachable or as unteachable as they like <laughs> and uh i i you know so I, I don't want to be too hard on us ourselves as leaders when we see people maybe leave our leadership and not do well. Um, I think there, you know, it, there is some individual responsibility there. But mm. I, I do feel that if if we have this focus on helping people follow Jesus mm. and they're not coming to me every five minutes for every problem in their life, like, yeah, okay, let's say you're getting bad thoughts at night. Well, sorry, Uncle Adrian isn't there you know, to be able to help you in that moment. And uh, so you, you you better know what to do and you better know where to go in your Bible and you better know how to pray and mm. all of that, that, that kind of focus. And, and teaching people that way is exciting. I, I want to do that because I don't want people, I don't want all these people dependent on me. And I know that doesn't scale. Yeah. I, I, I would like to reach more people in Hong Kong. I, I really do. You know, I, I don't care the size of our church, but I just want to reach more. Mm. Just more and more and more all the time. Let's reach more people for Jesus. We can't scale it if we mm. build people that are dependent on us because there's only, I mean, I've got four kids. It's about all I can manage. You know, how many people can you, can you have that actually truly depend on you? Yeah, you can't yeah. have that many. And even if you're very high capacity, your leadership is is it caps out yeah and I so i the biggest pitfalls right of leaders yeah. especially new leaders is that yep the feeling that you get of ah these people are coming to me yep but we gotta you don't want to that shift that yeah yeah because we don't want codependency yeah mm. yeah it's actually in fact i remember one time i i met someone and she she was new to our church, great person, loved Jesus, was very uh, evangelistically gifted and uh, very motivated to reach new people. But I, 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 I met, she brought someone to church that she had um, helped receive Jesus uh, some time ago. And she introduced her as her spiritual daughter. This is my spiritual daughter. Mm. Now, both of them were in the early 20s. <laughs> okay, and it it just felt so awkward. Now, part of part of that is just because the language to me was cringe. Okay, yeah, and uh, so there was certainly a high cringe factor in that personally. Um, but I think there was more than that. There was you could see dependency had been built into that relationship, mm. and. I just looked at it and it didn't, it didn't look healthy. Yeah. And I, it, it was, it was a clear example of what I don't want to do mm. and no judgment on that person. I think that's how she had honestly been trained. Um, mm, sure. And that was the language of the, of, of, you know, the previous culture that she was in. And so both good people, but I just think that that doesn't work at scale. You can't mm. build a big team like that. You can't reach a lot of people like that. And you're got, probably going to burn out like that when you've got people calling you at all hours of the night with their problems. And 
Um, and ultimately, they, they just can't leave your care because if they do, they'll collapse. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus had three years with those guys to train them up and equip them to go and change the world. And they didn't fall over when he left. Um, yeah, they got stronger. They excelled. <laughs> yeah. They, they had had enough opportunity. They'd tasted enough opportunity themselves to be ready for the next big step, which was without him. Mm. And I think it's a great model. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember Pastor Rod saying something about, well, like, what is counseling? Right. We talk about that. We have professional services, professional counselors available for people that genuinely need that. Mm. But when we talk about, like, as leaders, we teach and pray and we don't counsel. In my mind, I'm like, well, so how do we define what does don't counsel actually look like? And I think P Rod mentioned one time, like, counseling is when you care for someone else's problem more than they care for that problem themselves. Mm. That's the parameter that I use now in my own life and with the people around me to know when I need to take a step back from an issue to not get so emotionally involved in an issue is when I realize I'm caring way more about this person's issue than they're caring about it for themselves. How do I know that I'm caring more than they are? is because they're not taking steps to get over it or to grow or to move past. And I'm here and I'm trying to get that horse and put its face in the water. <laughs> that horse is not drinking the water. Drink! Drink the water! It just doesn't happen. And so I've had a few times in the past where I've realized, well, I'm way too emotionally invested in this person's issues. Now, that doesn't mean I don't love them. I don't care for them. I don't pray for them. I don't want them to, you know, find healing or find freedom. But if I find myself being consumed by this other person's issue, then, and I'm here and I'm trying to be like, come on, you can... then I realized I probably stepped into the realm of what we would define as perhaps counseling. That's probably not a place I want to be because that does lead to burnout. And I have experienced uh, what that feels like when you actually reach that burnout ministry wise, like spiritually burnt out and it's not a great place to be. So have you guys also experienced similar things like that where you maybe have gotten too close to the line and you're like, I'm too close. I'm burning out or I have burned out. I need to step back. Have you guys been in that kind of place as well? Yeah, just I guess. Then. All right, masculine. No, <laughs> I have. I was just to... giving Adrian space. because <laughs> <laughs> we Richard re just just spoke about giving that time for for people to process once you've asked the questions. Yeah, so we just we just, just living it out, just living it out. <laughs> um, yeah, I think definitely, and I guess I I find. I find the the I'm trying to find the balance of this as well because I think you were talking about you more of the a truth guy, more of a love guy. I'm like a mercy guy, um, and I think I, I I like to feel things with people, um, and so I'm more on that side. and And I guess um, I guess there is a part of that um, where as just as followers of Jesus, we are called to carry each other's burdens together. Like we're called to pray with each other and. So I'm trying to find the balance of um, I'm carrying this with you, but I can't carry it for you. If, yeah. if that makes it, 
the the thing like you need to be carrying this like yeah. um and you know that you cast your burdens onto jesus like i'm gonna i'm carrying with you i'm praying with you but you throwing this on jesus um so trying to find that balance and i don't always get it right sometimes i feel like i maybe i'm not caring enough but other times i'm like i'm caring too much and like you were saying when you when you realize that i'm more committed to this person's growth than they are i'm more committed to really seeking jesus in the situation than they are then you're like man there's uh, it's i'm carrying it too much mm. and then it does then it does get like you feel the pressure of i need to bring answers here whereas actually i'm not i don't need to because i don't have the answer oh i do jesus <laughs> um and so yeah i think i have experienced that and but actually feeling more and more free um to to not have to carry that um that burden for people i carry it with people but i don't have to carry it for people mm. i think maybe that's a, the way i process it now i, I think for me there was a point and it was probably over a season where i realized I, I i had a deep revelation that i can't do anything if this person doesn't want to mm -hmm. and because I realized also, I saw it in my own life, is someone could be saying all this stuff to me, but if in my heart, I'm like, I don't want to do that. There's, mm. It's not going to happen. Mm. No matter how good what they're saying is. Like if, there's a, if there is not a desire from, for me to change or to grow or to learn a hunger, then nothing will change. I mean, I, I think by personality type, I'm disagreeable, I'm stubborn, and if that, if you can't change, you can't change someone. I, I, I guess I have that revelation that I have no capacity to change a person. Mm. O only if they desire change, mm. can I can then, as a leader who has wisdom from the Bible, I can give them the tool to empower mm. their change mm. but i can't do it and so i feel well, like once i had that revelation it was it was kind of sad but also very releasing at the same time because obviously we you know for us getting in into ministry we get in because we want to help people and we want to help mm. everyone indiscriminate you know like we we don't differentiate we would love to help the the every single person that walks through the doors on sunday we want to help every person. Um, but the reality is we probably can't like, because people, well, we may be able to help them in some aspects, but in other aspects, they've locked up that area of their heart. Mm. So you, you, you could talk to me about anything, but if you mention finances, I'm switching off. Or if you make, <laughs> if you mention sexuality, I'm switching off. And yeah. once, once I see that wall go up, I'm like, okay, I can't do anything. Mm. I've, I, well, outside of, well, actually what I can do is teach and pray, but I'm not going to keep mm. teaching. Mm. I can, I can say, Hey, here's okay. So I'm seeing their response and I'm like, here's what the Bible says. Because I feel like as, as a leader, I'm responsible to say that, yeah, let's say you, you do continue that unhealthy sexual relationship, there is a warning in the Bible about that. Mm -hmm. 
the, the Bible says sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. Like, I don't know what that means exactly, but that's pretty scary. And I feel like you should know that that's there. That's not my words. That's in the New Testament. And so that is there. And, and then I can go away and I can pray that God touches that person's heart, that the Holy Spirit does something. But I have, mm. you know, I'll be as persuasive as I can in that moment. But outside of that, it's all I got. Yeah. And so I feel like that then releases me to go, okay, it's it's with you, God. And I did my responsibility. I did it with grace. I did it as inspiring as I possibly could because they're the parts I can manage is because I could do that badly. And there's been mm. times where I haven't done it that well. And, you know, I want to I want to work to be an inspirational leader. And I think that mm. is something we should all have a goal to be in yeah. the Bible. It talks yeah. about we should motivate each other towards good works. Yeah, uh, we should try to do that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if it's not in their heart to grow or to change or to mm. follow Jesus, mm. like if they're just coming to church and they like the friendship there and whatever, but they ultimately don't really want to follow Jesus in every area of their life. I just can't change that. Yeah, I, I, I can't mm. until they have that Holy Spirit moment where they're mm. ready to be teachable. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that releases us as, as leaders. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's the most freeing thing about the culture that we've been able to cultivate in teach and pray mm. is that at the end of the day, we're not the one that's responsible. God is the one that's responsible. Yeah. Yeah. God is the one that can yeah. change a heart. We're the little shepherds. We're the little signposts yeah. that yeah. post to yeah. God. <laughs> and so yeah. I found that to be very freeing for me personally too. Yeah. yeah. And I've said that to them. I've said, look, like with love, I'm here talking to you because I really care about you and want you to win mm. and for God yeah. to do great things in your life. But ultimately, at the end of the day, your decision, it actually doesn't impact me. I, st mm. I wake up in my life and you wake up in your life with the mm. consequences of your decisions and actions. The only person this impacts is you and obviously mm. your sphere of relationships around your life. But so, you know, it it's really up to you. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not here to manipulate you to, to do something for me. You know, whether you, you live in an immoral relationship or a healthy one, that's your life you wake up in every day. Mm -hmm. And it's not mine. And I wake yeah. up in mine. I got to take responsibility of mine. I got to make sure my heart is teachable, that I want to grow mm -hmm. and that God's speaking to me every day about my life. Um, yeah. Because even my leaders... They don't wake up in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. there is a separation I think, there. Mm, I think something you you mentioned, Richard, which is really important, is uh, is it our responsibility is to teach, is to teach the word mm -hmm. of God. So when we say like we we we're not counseling, it doesn't mean like we're throwing off all responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. But our responsibility is to, is to teach the word of God and to teach it well, to mm -hmm. teach it accurately. And I think that's where we want to keep growing in. And this is where asking questions, this is where knowing the word of God is so important. So that is our responsibility. Um, but it isn't like you're saying, my responsibility isn't to grow, isn't for someone to grow. And that's, I think, 
I think Paul mentions that in Corinthians. He says, I water, or I, I plant the seed, this guy watered, God brings the growth. Like, mm. we are nothing. And he actually says, like, we are nothing. Like, it's actually God, the one who brings the growth. Like, we just the dudes throwing the seeds and mm-hmm. watering. And But that is our responsibility. And and I think more and more, I'm, I'm just... I'm just amazed at what Jesus has, how he set us up because like we just like the gospel is incredible. Like we've been rescued from darkness and brought into the light and we've been given a new heart through Jesus. The older, the oldest gone, the new has come. And not only that, he's put us, he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit who is an incredible teacher. He's just, he's not like a lesser teacher than Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, man, like it's good that I go away because when I go, I'm going to send you another teacher. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He's the spirit of truth. He'll remind you of everything that Jesus has taught. And then, so I think that for me and more and more, I'm like, I have a growing confidence in the work of God (laughs) in Mm. people's lives. And like, I'm not the one who has to do this work. Like I'm yeah. just gonna, I'm gonna share this good news with people. And God is the one. Even in evangelism, God is the one. The Father is drawing people to Jesus. Uh, my responsibility is to think of the best way to to share the good news. Yeah. And and when I share it with someone, God's already at work in that person's life. Mm-hmm. And and we need to just have this faith as as pastors as teachers. That God is deeply at work in people's lives, and and the people that we are leading, they are if they've believed in Jesus, they are new creations. The Holy Spirit is in them, and we just need to help them be awakened to that. And I think that's what in Ephesians Paul prays that he's like, man, I pray that you would see what God is like, um, the inheritance you have, the power that is for you, the the work of the Holy Spirit in you. And I think that for me is just a an amazing thing. Is like. That we get to be a part of something supernatural, and yep. and we we just have this great responsibility. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to pray, and going to just believe in miracles and see what God can do. So, and and I think Adrian, to your point, I think most maybe I would imagine most new leaders take on probably too much responsibility. They're probably hmm. like thinking that all like their part, their side of things, like their teaching and all of that is going to ha- play a bigger part than the mm. God factor. Whereas I feel yeah. like the, the, the longer I lead, the more people I've led and the better I become as a leader, the more I realize it's less about me and it's actually yeah. way more about the Holy <laughs> Spirit because I've, I've seen people now in our church, like over 12 years that I've, I've been here, I've seen, I've g- given people the same tools Mm. But some are here and some are here. Mm. And you, you put it down to two things, like the individual and their, their hunger to change. And then also mm. the Holy Spirit factor that God just does some things in, mm. in people's lives in certain ways and at certain times and those moments of refreshing and you know yeah. all that, which I, I can't manufacture. Mm. And so once again, it takes the pressure off me as a leader. And like I said, it, 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 it leads us away from burnout where I just know I just teach the truth, give people tools in the most inspiring way I can, and then pray that God will move. Mm. 
that is awesome and some people are just mm. going to go they're going to keep going up and some people yeah. will be a bit more like this or whatever and then others will just they won't do much with it and it's yeah. okay i i think i think i also maybe this depends on your personality type i'm quite motivated and so i would sometimes in the early days be disappointed because i would see potential in people and i'm just seeing them not apply it and it frustrated me because i want i wanted them to win and yeah. but now i've realized like just 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 love them mm. and yeah i may see more potential in them but that's up to them whether they want to mm. explore that or not because it's true growth takes stretching mm. and it's difficult and maybe not everyone wants that and you can have some people that are great people that'll come they'll serve in your church you know and they're wonderful faithful believers and they're happy where they are and if i come in as a leader and expect them to be some high level leader just because of something that i feel that i see in them which may even be wrong um, i'm just going to end up frustrated as a leader projecting something onto them and trying to pull them up to something no it, it just doesn't work that way i think it's just, just better when i'm just focused on i'm just going to teach the bible be inspiring and pray for people and we'll see who God starts popping up. And then obviously mm. you put more time into the people that are, you know, the hungriest. And that's mm. probably a whole nother podcast we could talk about is how does, <laughs> you know, who to invest your time into more so. Mm. Um, Cause we yeah. don't do that equally. Um, and yeah. Jesus didn't do it equally in his discipleship, but um yeah, it's that whole that Holy Spirit factor. I think we I think sometimes we underestimate yeah. that as young younger leaders, and over time we realize yeah. we are less less and less important. <laughs> Still, God uses us, like, but yeah, yeah. There's a huge God factor. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's a great place to hopefully end this podcast on. Uh, we could probably go on for ages talking more and more about these different things. So we'll save those for some other podcasts. Um, but I think that was very helpful uh, in this podcast, just talking about our experiences and what we've learned so far <laughs> in how we can be better leaders, we can be better shepherds, and how we can get better at teaching and at praying. And it sounds like ultimately both teaching and praying is the work of the Holy Spirit either through us or in other people's yep. lives. Yep. And I think we should end on that note that we need to be more reliant on God. And hopefully the more that we are reliant on God, the more that others will also be reliant on God. So any last final comments? Ooh. Monty, you are the you are the king of summary. Yeah, that was great. I, I've I was always like, said it. Just picked your mic up and dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I froze for a moment there. But <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're good on our end. Good, good, oh, good. fantastic. Well, fantastic. Any other last comments from you guys? No, I think just encourage people, man, this is some this is an exciting thing to be a part of. Um, it's yeah, just seeing people's lives transformed through the power of God's word and the Holy Spirit. And yeah, for any young leaders, this is something awesome that you can do. And for some maybe older leaders that have maybe lost um, passion in this area, just mm. pick up 
just find some people, teach them, pray for them, and just get excited for what God can do in their lives because um, it is an exciting thing to be a part of. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to to speak to the tired leaders, if you've if or, or maybe you you've kind of checked out of leadership because maybe you were leading in a different way. Um, I would not have lasted in that model. And um, I, I just think that you can be fruitful. That desire in your heart to want to help people, uh, I think it's it's good. And maybe, maybe you could just try leading in this way. Um, I'm not saying this is the only way to do things, but it certainly has helped us in our context. Um, and I think we'll release you to, to, to not be so tired mm-hmm. and to be able to help a lot more people. Come on. Fantastic. Well, let me pray real quick and then we'll finish up. Thank you, God, for this time. I pray for everyone listening online. I pray, God, that you would move in their lives in whatever level of leadership they're in or whether they want to get involved in leadership. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in them, that you would guide them, that you would inspire them. And that we would see many, many people uh, come to you and let their lives be refreshed in you. uh, Let their lives be lifted in you. Let their lives be dependent on you. God, I pray for a great day for everybody listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Fantastic. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, This has been another great episode of The Rodcast. And friends, hopefully, (laughs) we'll have another great session with you all soon. Have a great week, and we'll see you all later.